The Bottle and Button End Most of the folks in Button End made their own beer and wine. In the fall, word would go out that a shipment of grapes would be arriving by train at the Boston Produce Market. Some of the grapes came all the way from California, the rest from upstate New York, the Lakes region. The Dobbins brothers would offer their big truck with the removable wooden sides for easy loading on grape day. The truck went from farm to farm picking up the men, each answering to the honk of the horn. It was a touching scene. A man kissing his wife goodbye in the front porch, she waving hello to the men in the truck. She had packed a good button-in lunch so her men would be proud. Warm, fresh bread, dried sausages, cheese, and Swedish cookies. The cacophony of languages and broken English in the back of the truck was a chorus of joy. Late in the evening, the men returned on the truck sitting on their boxes of grapes. They were ready to make wine. The Swedes seemed to prefer the Muscats, the Italians their Zinfandel, the Germans used the young green grapes, and some chose the old Concords, heavy and sweet. The women of Button Inn also made their own spirits. In the summer, when the fields were filled with dandelions, the women would be out picking the bright yellow blossoms to make dandelion wine. And in the fall, by the edge of the old back pond, there would be elderberries to pick. Some of the bravest souls even made tomato wine. Now, there was another end of the bottle in Button Inn. It involved a French family called Beaupé. Mr. Beaupé, his first name was Adolphe, had a serious drinking problem. He generally kept himself distant from the men of Button Inn. He was not a farmer. He worked in the Boston shipyards and made a good deal of money working overtime. He was a small, angry man, his eyes close together. He had cauliflower ears. Adolphe Beaupay had five children and a timid wife. Her name was Tina, and she was very afraid of her husband. Now, Adolphe Beaupay would be paid every two weeks, but in the paycheck at the end of the month, he would get a bonus for overtime. Adolphe considered this bonus to be his alone, not his family's. So at the end of each month, Tina Beaupay would prepare for trouble. Adolf would stop at all the taverns near the shipyard. He was generally not welcome nor tolerated, for Adolf Beaupay was a mean drunk. He was loud and abusive. Most men shied away from him, and this would anger Adolf all the more. After Adolf had stopped at the taverns near the shipyard, he would drive home to Button Inn in his old dented blue packet. He was drunk. Now when Adolf arrived home, supper had been cleared away, his family was waiting for him in the kitchen, anxious to see how drunk he was. Tina would be sitting in the rocker in the kitchen by the window, a frightened expression on her face as she donned socks. The children were even more afraid they knew what their father would do to them when he was drunk. As soon as Adolf arrived, he started in on the older boys. 
demanding that they stand in front of him, shouting at them about their inadequacies, as he called it. If the boys even made a slight move, Adolf would strike them. Soon the two older children would run and hide in the woods. Tina would be left with her drunk and abusive husband. Her younger children huddled behind the mother's rocking chair. It was a terrible situation. Tina and her children suffered this abuse for years. Finally, Tina got up the courage to tell Mrs. Swanson, her neighbor, about Adolf's drunken rages, and that he had hit her and had hit the children too. Mrs. Swanson was a good neighbor and told Tina Beaupay, if this ever happened again, she would send over her husband Ernie to protect Tina and the children. 